a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn, you still have. Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. And this is our 50th episode for this podcast, which is absolutely crazy. Um, And so this is going to be a special sort of self-indulgent episode, uh, which I realized I hadn't done an official ranking of all of the Star Wars movies yet. So that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to try to keep it a little shorter. So it's a little treat yourself type episode where it's going to be a little more freeform. Me just chatting about my favorite, least favorite things from each movie which I've kind of done in the past, but I've never put, like, an official ranking to it. Um, But before I get into that, I just want to say a just really genuine and sincere thank you to every single one of y'all who has listened since the beginning, whenever I started this in March, or uh, maybe this is your first episode that you're listening to. Thank you so, so much um, for supporting me and for helping me along. Uh, this has been a very much a process for me figuring out how to do everything. And so to have y'all along for the ride, it really just means the world to me. And I uh, hope that I can keep this going for 50 more episodes and then 50 more after that, and we can just keep this train rolling. Uh, I love Star Wars so, so much, and I love being able to talk about it. So I, I have a feeling that as long as this is a fun thing and a good release for me to do, I'm going to keep doing it, even if I'm the only one that's even listening to it. Um, but with that being said, thank you to all of y'all who do listen and who check in with us every week or every other week or however often you come back. Um, and yeah, feel free to share this with any of your friends or loved ones or boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, uh, mom, dad, brother, sister, anybody who is trying to get into Star Wars, send them my way. I think that I do a fairly good job of breaking things down into pretty easy to consume uh, bits. Sometimes I get into more advanced stuff, but I think that the first stretch of episodes at the very beginning of this podcast are a really good guide for people that are starting fresh and have don't have a good grasp on the Star Wars franchise. Um, so yeah, feel free to share this. I really appreciate any support that y'all can give. And yeah, without further ado, let's dive into I Have Spoken. I Have Spoken. Alrighty, so like I said before, um, in honor of our 50th episode, I am going to be ranking all, um, 12 Star Wars movies. So that's including the spin-offs, uh, Rogue One and Solo, as well as the Clone Wars movie. So those are the ones that I'm covering. Alrighty, so starting at number 12 is Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Now, I haven't been super shy about my thoughts on the sequels on this podcast. I haven't tried to hide the fact that I am not a huge fan of them. But with that being said, I'd like to point out that I really, I don't have any ill will towards people who do enjoy the sequels. Um, And also, I don't really have any ill will towards Disney as an entity for the way that the sequel trilogy ended up. I think that they've brought us a lot of fantastic content, like 
The Mandalorian, Clone Wars Season 7, Bad Batch was awesome. All that stuff was really, really great. My main issue with the sequel trilogy, including The Last Jedi, is that there wasn't a coherent storyline that was kind of a through line throughout episodes 7, 8, and 9. It kind of just felt like, okay, J.J. Abrams came in with a concept for episode 7. Ryan Johnson came in with his completely different vision for what he wanted to happen in episode 8. And then that kind of screwed everything up. Colin Trevorrow was supposed to... um, was supposed to direct episode 9, stepped out due to creative differences with Disney, and then J.J. Abrams comes back in, tries to retcon episode 8, and then still bring the saga in for a landing, and that just doesn't work super well, just because it's the nature of the beast. I mean, you can't have that much inconsistency throughout a trilogy, which is supposed to have an overarching storyline. My favorite things about The Last Jedi, and I've kind of talked about this back in my episode with Scott Fonseca talking about our favorite things about each Star Wars movie. I think the visuals are really, really spectacular, and I do think that it does a great job of subverting the expectations of the audience. I don't think that it does it in a great way, but I do think that it does it well. I don't think... that's kind of That sounds like a contradiction, but hear me out. I don't feel like the way that they did it, as far as the content of the twist, was up to my liking as a Star Wars fan, as a movie fan, I think that it was executed well. I don't think that the content of the twist was good. I think that the execution of the twist was good. That said, my least favorite parts have to be the, I think that they misused the character of Snoke. I think that he could have been handled a lot better. And I think that at some point I'm going to have like a, if I wrote the sequel trilogy type thing, I think I'm going to try to leave the uh the force awakens as it is and then kind of rewrite it from there but um i have a lot of cool ideas about how snoke could have been incorporated but i think that his character was super super interesting and it could have been utilized a lot better than it actually was and i think it was kind of a throwaway for the sake it was a throwaway character for the sake of a shock value and i don't appreciate that all that much personally all in all, oh, also, we just completely waste a bunch of time with Rose, Tico, and Finn on that storyline. It literally services the plot in no way whatsoever, and Finn should have died. Rose shouldn't have sacrificed. Or that a Rose should have flown over him and sacrificed herself instead of having Finn sacrifice himself. There are so many different ways that that could have gone. Instead, we got an awkward kiss between the two, and then uh, their relationship is never developed anymore because it's cringy and awful. Overall, I rate The Last Jedi a 4.8 out of 10. This is the only one that's under 5, but barely. Um, All in all, I think that Luke's portrayal is really awesome in that movie. I just think that overall it, it falls flat, as does most of the sequel trilogy in my opinion. Speaking of which, the next one is The Rise of Skywalker, number 11. I don't like this movie at all but I like it a bit more just because of the emotional content. I think that they do a good job of providing that from time to time. I think that the overall plot of like finding the dagger to find the wayfinder on the Death Star to all that is completely incoherent and stupid. Um, especially with the dagger thing where it, like it points to a specific spot on the Death Star that makes no sense whatsoever. I hate that of the I hate the implications that Ray is the new chosen one. 
I liked the stuff about the dyad until it recently was said to have been like the predecessor for the rule of two. I think that that's bad. Um, and I think that Kylo should have been the one to survive. I don't think Rey should have survived. All that said, I do think that the emotional intensity of it re- comes through regardless of the amount of um, amount of just kind of sloppy writing that's done. I think that the Palpatine return was very clearly tacked on like at last minute because there was no hint at that whatsoever in the last few movies. I I don't know. It's hard for me to come up with good things to say about this, but I will say that just the emotional content of it in general was enough to put it slightly ahead of The, the Last Jedi. Um, just because it is the end of the Skywalker saga, so that counts for something. There are a lot of things that I would change about this, but overall, it's I give it a 5.0 out of 10. So just 0.2 above The Last Jedi. That 0.2 is solely for the emotional value that wrapping up the trilogy holds. Okay, number 10 is the Clone Wars movie. This movie, and y'all have heard me rave about the Clone Wars show, this movie doesn't do its service, and I think that this is a big reason why people don't end up watching the show is because they don't love this movie all that much because the animation's kind of weird and boxy and robotic. So it gets so much better in the sh- in the show. Obviously, the first season, first two seasons are a little bit rougher because rougher as far as the animation style, and they're just a little bit more kitty in general. Just it's more of a kid show, just because it is a kid show. But um, I do love this movie just because it, it was one of the things that got me into Star Wars as a kid. I saw this when I was in first grade. Um, and I remember very vividly seeing this and then being super excited whenever the show was coming out. Um, this has really shaped what I'm really, really interested in as a Star Wars fan. I think that my interest lies more in the prequel era and the Jedi and the Sith and all that stuff. I'm not quite as interested in the more grounded, everyday hero type action that we see in the original trilogy. I like all the flashy fights and all that stuff, even if it's not practical. But I give, I, my favorite parts are obviously just, I like the introduction of all these iconic characters like Rex and Ahsoka. I don't like, I think that the plot overall is pretty weak. I think it's a little bit boring and bland in parts. The animation's obviously not fantastic, but I think that the fact that it spurred on such an amazing show in the Clone Wars, I've got to give it a 5.5 out of 10. It's by no means the best Star Wars movie, even a little bit, but I still think that it is worthy of praise, and it has a special place in my heart, as all these movies always will. Alrighty, coming in at number nine is Attack of the Clones, Episode 2. Now, this movie gets a lot of hate as being the worst of the um, prequel trilogy movies, and obviously by these rankings, I agree with that. But I think that it has a lot of redeeming qualities. Obviously, the dialogue and the storylines between Padme and Anakin are pretty weird, cringy, and kind of creepy at times. But I think that Ewan McGregor shines in this movie as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think that he carries it very, very well. I think that his storyline following Jango Fett, uh, finding out about the clones on Kamino, is all very compelling. And I think that it the... 
the progression of Anakin in this movie is also pretty interesting and it could be done better but especially in the Tuscan village whenever he finds his mom and she dies in his arms I think that that's absolutely heartbreaking and I think that it is very understandable why he kind of goes full berserker mode and murders not only the men but the women and the children too um I think that that is a great catalyst for his slow turn to the dark side, which, once again, is shown very well throughout the Clone Wars. In the movies, it might seem a little more sudden, but in the Clone Wars, it's it's very, it's developed a lot better. Uh, as far as my favorite part, it's got to be the Geonosian Arena. I think that seeing that many Jedi in action at once, it, it this movie was my favorite as a kid for a while because of that. And because we got to see all of the different Jedi fighting at the same time, we don't really get to see that any other time in the uh, in the entirety of the movies, which is so, so cool. And one criticism that I hear, it's like, oh, well, why did so many Jedi go to, um, to just rescue, like, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme? Well, they didn't. That was a secondary mission of theirs, but their primary mission was to arrest and or if they had to kill Count Dooku and essentially end the Separatist movement with him. Um, and so I think that that's a kind of a cool distinction to make that a lot of people uh, kind of don't quite understand. Um, but all that said, I give Attack of the Clones a solid 5.7 out of 10. By no means the best. I'd say that the dialogue is what puts it lowest on the list. Um, but I, I still really enjoy this movie. And there's every once in a while that I'll find myself in Attack of the Clones kind of mood and I watch it on a whim. And I'd say that that happens the second most out of all of these movies. Sec or third most, maybe. But I'll talk about those two later. The other two later. Alrighty. Uh, moving on to number eight. Um... Is that number eight? One second. So that's 12, 11, 10, 9. Yes. Number eight is The Phantom Menace. Now, while I do have this still ranked pretty low on the list, um, I think that this movie is very slept on. I think that the opening sequence is super exciting. And I think that um, the ending is super exciting as well. Now, the middle part has a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of trade disputes and all that stuff, which is arguably very boring. But I think that it's a well-written movie, unlike some of the dialogue that we find in Attack of the Clones and even Revenge of the Sith. I think that this movie is very well-written, especially for a Star Wars movie. I think that Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, they shine through it all. Um, I think that having them be kind of the emotional center of the movie really works really well. Um... I don't even mind Jar Jar all that much. Young Anakin can get a little annoying, but I think that he does a great job for being a kid actor. And as much as I would have liked to see maybe Anakin be like a teenager whenever he was found, like a little more hardened, a little less wide-eyed, um, I think that they accomplish what they need to pretty well. Um, I'd say that, yeah, the... The places where it falls short most have to be where it's just there's a lot of dead space, which like I think the honest trailers puts it best. It's like standing and talking, walking and talking, like another person sitting 
and another person standing while still talking. Like all these things where it's just like, there's a lot of places where it's just like, oh, it just keeps on going. And not that Star Wars needs to be all action all the time, but if you're going to have dialogue, whew, choosing trade trade disputes and blockades and all that is a little bit rough. But all things considered, Phantom Menace, number eight on my list, I give it a 6.0 out of 10. One last thing before I move on to number seven, but the duel of the fates at the very end of that movie is one of the best lightsaber duels in the entire saga. Like, hands down, Darth Maul is such an amazing character. Um, and I think that the the intensity of that duel is super, super interesting, and I, I'm sure that I've said this before, and if I haven't, then awesome. But the duel of the fates signifies the fate of Anakin Skywalker. Essentially, like, if Qui-Gon dies, then Anakin loses his, like, ideal master and will ultimately turn to the dark side. But if Qui-Gon lives, then that's not the case. Um, and obviously, we know what happens. But I think that that's a cool little tidbit. And I think that the, the choreography for that is absolutely spot on. I love seeing the behind the scenes of Ray Park and Ewan uh, training for it because it's just so intense. And I love stuff like that. Um I love the lightsaber training and all that sort of stuff. So props to them. Love it. Just wanted to add that in. Number seven on my list is Solo, A Star Wars Story. I think that this movie is severely slept on. I think that it is very well done. I think that it... I think that... Um, I Why am I... I'm blanking on his name. The guy that plays Han Solo had a thankless job of trying to follow in the footsteps of Harrison Ford which no one can do. No one can replicate a performance like that. But I think that he comes pretty close and he gives a new, fresh interpretation of a younger Han Solo. And I think that he does a great job. I think that it's a little bland in parts. I think that the dialogue is a little bit cringy as well. But I think that Kira is a super interesting character. I think that um, Woody Harrelson as Tobias Beckett is a great addition. I think getting to see Han as an Imperial cadet is super super interesting i think that uh dryden voss played by paul bettany is a super interesting character as well which i'm hoping that we get to see there's there are rumors that there's going to be a, an animated crimson dawn show uh coming uh soon and we'll see if that is announced at during disney plus day or not um but all that said i think that there are a lot of super super interesting characters and a lot of super super interesting storylines that uh can be followed from solo i hope that they eventually make a, a sequel i know that they had to kind of shelf all those just because it did so poorly in the box office but i give solo a 7.4 out of 10. i think that it's a very very good movie next up we have the force awakens at number six I think that this movie is perfectly fine. I don't think that there's too much to say about it, good or bad. I think that it did a great job of setting up the new sequel trilogy uh, and getting people into it. I think that it walked a good line between new stuff, but also making it feel like the originals. I don't think that they could have done that any other way. I think that they would have gotten a lot of... Uh, backlash if they had made something super radically different right off the bat i think that they aired on the safe side which i respect um once again not too much that i think that uh harrison ford is han solo is probably the best part of the movie 
that's about it. I don't have much, too much bad, too much good to say. This is pretty middle of the road for me as far as these movies go. I give it a solid 7.8 out of 10. I like it. I, I think that it is, it got me excited for the sequel trilogy. And that's about all I can say for it. Number five. Uh, on this list is episode five, Empire Strikes Back. Now, this is a little controversial because a lot of people will say that this is the best Star Wars movie and one of the best movies of all time. I gotta say, I was never a huge fan of it as a kid. I think that it's a little more um, sophisticated than I was prepared for as a small child. I already knew the twist that Luke is uh, Darth Vader's son, so that kind of fell short for me. Um, I don't know. I think that the emotional content of it is super, super interesting. I love uh, Luke's internal internal turmoil of essentially like carrying on the tradition of the Jedi, but also protecting his friends. I love that the bad guys lost and were broken by the end of it. Han Solo is frozen in carbonite. Luke loses a hand. The rebellion is in shambles, but there's still hope. Um, I don't know. I think that it's a really, really good movie, and I give it an 8.5 out of 10, but it is still the my least favorite of the original trilogy movies. So it's a bit of a hot take, but I don't know. It never quite stuck with me the same way that it has for a lot of other people. Alrighty, number four on my list is episode six, Return of the Jedi. I love this movie so much. I think that uh, the opening sequence is super fun. Even if it's a little unrealistic, I think that it's really awesome. Um, I love uh, seeing Luke fight uh, with his new green lightsaber on the sands gifts. I think that it's super, super cool. Uh, I love, love, love. This is my favorite part, and this is why this movie is as high as it is, is the throne room scene with um, Vader and Luke and the Emperor. And just you can feel how much tension is there. And I love the portrayal of Luke's conflict. And instead of in the previous movie where it was conflict between carrying on the tradition of the Jedi versus helping his friends. Here it's it's legitimate uh, a legitimate pull to the dark and he's trying to overcome that. And just the redemption of Anakin Skywalker by way of his son and seeing his son in pain and realizing that hey this is this isn't what I want and this has never been what I wanted. And just that it's it's really really beautiful. Obviously, the, the the Ewoks are a little annoying. They're cute, but annoying. Um, it kind of turns into a little bit of a slapstick comedy type battle whenever they enter and are taking down seasoned military uh, personnel with bows and arrows and sticks. But I mean, hey, that's happened in historical warfare too. They you know the terrain better, but still a little unrealistic, I suppose. But overall. I think that the emotional content of this movie is what does it for me. I really love it, and I think that I think that the portrayal of Luke's struggle is done really well. Um, and yeah, that's about all I have. I give Return of the Jedi an eight point eight out of ten. 
Uh, and then we're moving into the final stretch, my top three, which are all very, very strong. Number three is A New Hope, episode four. It's a classic. I really don't have too much bad to say about it. I think that it holds up super well. Obviously, the visual effects aren't quite as good as they would be now, but I just love it so much just because it is so... It was so revolutionary for its time. I say like I was alive, but I wasn't. Um, but it's still really, really spectacular. I I have nothing really bad to say about it, other than whiny Luke is a little annoying. But, you know, we got whiny Anakin in my favorite movie, so can't complain about that too much. Um, it's the epitome of the hero's journey. I remember watching it in sixth grade. Um and just being so pumped that I got to watch Star Wars in class. It's like, yes, this is the ideal life. Um, I don't have really anything bad to say about it. I think that it's a classic and nearly perfect. I give it a 9.0 out of 10. Okay, my top two. It's a very razor-thin margin between these two, but it had to shape up the way that it did. Runner-up number two is Rogue One. It's a very recent movie, and it is a masterpiece. I don't care what anybody says. It is such, such, such a spectacular movie. And it's just, it has you on the edge of your seat the entire time. And I love the way that people describe it as like the most expensive way to fill a plot hole ever, which is kind of what it is. I mean, it is entirely to service the plot hole of why the Death Star was so easy to destroy. But I think that the cast of characters is really amazing. Obviously, we don't get to see too much more of them after the movie is over. But I think that it does a great job of building the tension. And you know that since you don't know these characters super well, you know that they can't survive this. And I think that their sacrifice and the way that they can make you care about all these characters so much in a short period of time is really, really beautiful. Um, I think Felicity Jones plays Jyn Erso really, really well. Um, I think that having Saw Gerrera involved is super fun, especially since we had only seen him in the Clone Wars, so that was a cool tie-in from that. Um, I think that Mads Mikkelsen is really spectacular. I think that really all of the characters are really, really good. And you get a, a lot of good content with each, each of them. They both get to have their moment, and they both get to have their moment to die and i think that that's so sad but so beautiful and then i can't talk about this without talking about the hallway scene one of the best cinematic experiences that i've ever had in a movie theater it was so unexpected and so amazing i couldn't stop talking about it afterwards one of the most amazing awesome scenes i've ever seen ever and I, we hadn't ever really gotten to see Darth Vader operate like that. And I can't wait. I really, really, really hope that we get to see more content like that in the future from shows or movies. Once again, I think that an Order 66 show with Vader and Inquisitors hunting down Jedi would be really, really awesome. That's just me, though. All that to say, Rogue One is nearly my favorite Star Wars movie. I give it a 9.5 out of 10. It is the bomb. Now, this next one won't come as a surprise to anyone who has been a listener of the podcast for any period of time, really. I think I mentioned this movie and Mace Windu in pretty much every episode that I can. But my number one episode 
is episode three, Revenge of the Sith. It's a masterpiece. And I know that it has shortcomings with the dialogue and the acting. It's a little bit spotty and in a lot of it, actually. And I'm able to acknowledge that, but I'm willing to overlook that for the sheer emotional intensity of the entire film. This is a turning point in galactic history where we get to see the fall of a galactic regime and the transition into the authoritarian regime that we know and love, or not love, but that we know in the original trilogy. And I think that it is executed so very well. The battle on Mustafar is a cinematic experience like no other. Um, Order 66 is so heartbreaking, and I love whenever we get um, new content from it because I'm an emo boy, and I like to feel sad things in that way. Once again, Ewan McGregor shines. I do love Hayden Christensen. I think that he uh, struggled with some poor direction um, and just the fact that George Lucas is a very good storyteller. He's not a great writer. His dialogue falls a bit short sometimes. But I think that whenever he's super, super angry and almost unhinged is when he's at his best, and that's where we see him in the Mustafar battle. Um, and I think that you it really shows through in that regard um i think that it's just it, it it hooks you at the very beginning with the space battle and it keeps your attention all the way through but whether it's obi-wan fighting grievous windu Agen kolar kit fisto and cc tin going to arrest the chancellor amazing battle sequences with so much detail that it is absolutely insane whether it's on kashyyyk or any of the various locations are in Order 66, Felucia, Maikito, um, Seleucami. It's just so diverse and so widespread and so grand. I don't understand how you don't love it. I do understand why people don't, but I think that it it shows the scope of this galactic conflict that has been raging for years. And you get to see it all culminate in this terrible tragedy. And it's really beautiful in a way, in my opinion, that all of this death, destruction, and just sadness comes through. And then we end with this little glimmer of hope for a light to return eventually. And obviously we know that it does. But I think that Obi-Wan's line of dialogue where he says you were the chosen one and then he says you're my brother anakin i loved you it's so heartbreaking so spectacular i think that it frames ewan mcgregor's performance as obi-wan in the prequel trilogy perfectly i am so excited to see him in the kenobi series that's coming out next year and he's really part of the maybe the biggest reason why i love the prequels as much as i do but that's beside the point revenge of the sith is absolutely spectacular for all the before mentioned uh, reasons it's it's the best and it will always be my favorite i think unless something comes along that i don't know it's an exclusively mace windu thing and it's a movie like might take the cake not gonna lie um doubt that's going to happen though i think that if anything he's going to get a show if anything but um 
I'm trying to think if I have anything else. I don't think I do. But I will give Revenge of the Sith a 9.9 out of 10. I, I, feel, I don't feel like I can give anything a perfect score, but I'm trying to give it as close as I can without uh, bestowing perfection on anything, because you never know. Something that's truly perfect might come along one day. But that's all that I have for today. This is a lot longer than I was expecting, but I love talking about these movies, and I love talking about what I love about them. So I appreciate y'all listening to the 50th episode. I appreciate y'all supporting me and everything that I've been doing with this uh, for the last few months. I've been having a lot of fun with it, and it's crazy that we're already at 50. Um, So that being said, this would not be a proper episode if I didn't leave you with just a little bit more. Alrighty, so today's more is about clone troopers. Uh, and once again, this is from um, my source book, Star Wars, Absolutely Everything You Need to Know, Updated and Expanded. It's been a really great uh, source of just kind of weird, random little tidbits about Star Wars. Um, but my more for y'all today is that the average clone trooper weight is 176 pounds, uh, and the average lifespan, assuming that the... Uh, clone survived from um, the t- the time of the first clone birth to the founding of the empire. That was thirteen years, and clones were uh, typically ten years old whenever they were uh, deemed ready for combat, and their growth cycle was accelerated by about two or more times the normal speed of uh, regular organics. So. That's about all that I have. Thank you all so much for listening to this special 50th episode. Uh, It's a lot longer than I was expecting it to be, but I tend to talk. This is nothing new. Um, But thank you all so much for y'all's support. Please, once again, tell your friends if you think that you know anyone that would be interested. Uh, If you haven't already, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Talks. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Talks Podcast. Uh, And go ahead and... And make sure to follow us on streaming platforms. Uh, we are Twin Sun Talks on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, and yeah, thank y'all for hanging with me for 50 episodes. And I hope that I can keep providing y'all with good Star Wars content for a long, long time. Uh, until next week, you've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the Force be with you. And I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.